Steve, would you repeat the book and uh, chapter? Yeah. We're in the book Heaven by Ellen G. White, and we're on paragraph 153.1, and the subtitle is His Servants Shall Serve Him. And what we've been discussing this uh, past few weeks is what things will be like in heaven. Actually, none of us have ever been there, so we're relying upon the prophet uh, Ellen White and what God has shown her, and she has shown that uh, also to us. So it's a real blessing to have a prophet who can give you more details on what God has told them. And uh, that's why, of course, we want you to read ahead so that you can be prepared to let us know what you came up with, what the Lord showed you out of the reading, and what your thoughts are. And, and this is kind of fun because we at points we get to use uh, what you call holy imagination and just give our opinion about things because there is nothing that says it's not, you know, what we think. So we could take our um, leeway and say, oh, I think it's, heaven's going to be like this. Heaven's going to have that. And then we uh, just have a good time discussing it. So on this paragraph, it says his servants shall serve him. It says the life on earth is the beginning of the life in heaven. Education on earth is an invitation, an initiation rather, into the principles of heaven. The life work here is a training for the life work there. What we now are in character and holy service is a sure foreshadowing of what we shall be. How can this life on earth be the beginning of life in heaven? What were your thoughts when you read that part? Because we're not going to suddenly when we get to heaven have a holy character. We have to take that holy character with us to heaven. And so we have to develop it here. Okay. When we go, uh, go through the pearly gates, so to speak, aren't we just the holy people? Aren't we what? Aren't we just instantly changed into holy people? No, no. Our vile bodies will be changed, but our characters will not be. They, they, they will be what they are. Hmm. Okay. Anybody else thoughts on that paragraph? Well, I like to think of it as a continuation. You know, you go from infancy to toddlerhood to childhood to uh, preteens, teenager, adult, young adult, middle age you know, older adult, and then seniors, you know, and, and there is no pause. There is no, nothing that stops and make you completely different because from this age to the next age, from, from toddlers to, to nothing just stops and, and changes everything. It's a, it's a fluid um, progression. And that's kind of what it sounds like to me is that it's a continuous progression um, to get to make it to heaven. So we should be progressing in the direction of heaven here on earth. Mm. So that's part of growing in grace. As we grow, as you were saying, we just continue to grow, improve, gain more knowledge, gain more, uh, uh, more beautiful character as we follow the Lord's leading and guiding. So it's very interesting. So now that we know that our life here on earth is tied to our life in heaven, does that make a difference on how we should live here on earth? It should. We want to be among the class that says, "Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. And not the class that he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Mm. Have mercy. Hi, Patsy. 
Hello, Elder Carol. I'm sorry I'm late. Can you tell me where we're at? Sorry, everybody. Hi. How are you doing, Patsy? Hi, Patsy. Hi. Yeah, we're on paragraph. Well, what's your, your, you have the subtitle. We're in chapter 16. We're on the subtitle. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to. And it's paragraph 153.2. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, it's talking about um, our character, as Karen had mentioned. Character is the only thing we can take from this earth to the next, you know, the way it is. So it behooves us to, to hear God's voice speaking to us, to allow the Holy Spirit to change us into his image now and not try and wait. Uh, when we see Christ coming in power and glory, it's too late to do anything. The Bible says he has his reward with him already. So all the judgment has been done at that point, and there's nothing else that you can do. And as Karen mentioned, we want to be the ones who say, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. Uh, in the part where it says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God, this also we shall be in eternity. So how is it that we can be witnesses even in heaven? Did anybody pick that up from what you read? How can we be witnesses to even while we're in heaven? Well, I well, think... See, well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, I was going to say, because when we get to heaven, we will be one of those um, numbered people that God has taken, and we'll have a redemption song that we'll be singing that no other people can sing but the people that have been redeemed from the earth. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, Karen, you were going to say? I was going to say that um, as witnesses, basically we're going to be telling our testimony to the inhabitants of other worlds. Um, and they're going to want to know, you know, how did we make it over? And how did we, how did we get the victory over sin? Okay. And I agree, with those, I agree with both of those things. And I think we also, we're witnesses to God's love, to the fairness of his law. Remember, that's what the great controversy started at, was that, mm -hmm. said that he was unfair and, you know, his law of love was, was mean and bad. And so we are witnesses and, um, and that no one could live, you know, up to the standards of God. And we are witnesses and proof that the law of God is true and fair and just. And mm -hmm you know, that his law of love can be lived out and people can live according to his law. Amen. That brings mm -hmm. to an uh, interesting question. God is all powerful and all knowing. So when Satan first rebelled, why didn't God just destroy him right off? And when Adam and Eve uh, had problems, why didn't God just destroy the whole earth? Why did That's he? So have you? Go ahead, Patsy. You can't because you let me go first the last time. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, Lee, I remember years ago, I, I, I took a, um, I took a class, Bible class from um, um, the first elder over at Northside. Um, Brother Mitchell. Yes. You said, was it a female elder? Oh. Henry Mitchell. And I remember one of the questions I asked him in the class was, why didn't the Lord just destroy the devil when he sinned? And he told me, I got to get back to you on that. Ask me next week. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, 
But the quite the answer was that God had to prove it wasn't just about our world and our earth. Um, and God never wanted automatrons where we just obey him out of fear. He wanted he wanted beings and subjects that obey him out of love. And so mm -hmm. and so he had to let sin run its course so that everyone would see and know how awful it, it is. And and that his character would be vindicated in the end as holy and right and just. Okay. And I, I think also that God, since he created Lucifer, he was a created human being, that God gave all of us the will and the freedom of choice. And if God would have taken that, that, that away, then they, they could have said, well, anybody that doesn't agree with God, he'll kill us. So we wouldn't have loved him because if we love him for who he is, we would have loved him for fear that he's going to kill us. Mm -hmm. instead of the loving from the heart and us being able to make our decision to love or not to love him. And then the universe would have seen him just as Satan, as Satan has said. He was a dictator. He doesn't love them. We don't need any laws. They would have seen, you know, as once you, you know, go against him for any, you know, for any little thing, you know, he's going to kill you. Mm. And God is love. He's not like that. Amen. Yeah, Lucifer was a created being, not a human being, but an angelic being. But yeah, that's all uh, all very good. God had to allow sin to run its course so that at the judgment, no one can say, oh, if he'd have done something differently, this would have happened and that would have happened. No, he allowed it to go through so that there would be no question as to uh, that what he did was right and just because all of us will have seen the degradation and the death and the destruction that sin brings to anyone who is touched by it. And, you know, also when you think about our things that we go through on this earth, um, as they say, there is no testimony without a what? Test. Without a test. So this is our test. And when we get to heaven, we will have a testimony to share with the unfallen beings. The unfallen beings, they don't know what sin is like and what we had to go through, but there will be something that we can tell about the goodness of God who is bringing us through all these things. And then it points out in the next paragraph, 154.1, even now the principalities and powers in the heavenly places is made known through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. What does the church have to do with making known the manifold wisdom of God? What does the church have to do with it? Well, the the church is God's love, and we if we're if we're in Christ, then we're going to go out and tell others and be His witness on this earth to let them know His 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 love that He has for them as well as us, and that He's going to come back just like He said. And so the church has a has has a duty to do for God is to witness on this earth while we're here to tell others and to, and to lead others with just planting our little mustard seed. God will water it and draw them closer and they can be baptized and get closer to him. But we can't step back and do nothing. Mm. And we are the church, you know, um, and God inhabits, he's in us. The Holy spirit is in us. So 
you know, that's how his wisdom is shown to us. Okay. Yeah. Can you think of any ways that the church can do uh, more to make known the glory of God? Something that we're not already doing that you might have a bright idea that would work? Anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's something to think about, you know, because there's always new ways to reach people. There's always new methods that haven't been tried or done. There's always ways to tweak what is working to make it even better. Uh, the main thing that our church as a whole can do is pray more for God's Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and direction and guidance on how to reach people and how to let people know about the goodness and the glory of God. Uh, but and you know, Elder Carol, I'm glad you brought that up because I have a sister that just had a birthday. This is my sister that's deaf. So there's so many new technologies coming up where the deaf uh, people, they can communicate with each other through all this new technology. And it ha and they can read when somebody's talking to them. So, you know, even even God is opening up ways that the deaf people can still venture out and, and tell people about, about his uh, goodness. Amen. There are so many ways that we can reach others for Christ. It's just our limited human minds take a little prodding to come up with some ideas. One of the things that I always like doing is having brainstorm sessions where everybody just writes down any and every idea they think of without, you know, don't even wonder if it's going to work or what kind of resource you need. Just write it down. And then you go through it and you think, wow, I would have never thought of this or I would have never thought of that, you know, because when you don't limit your mind, God allows you to come up with all kinds of ideas. And then when you put those ideas into action by his grace, then you see results that you never would have dreamed would have happened if you hadn't given it a try. So uh, we can do that. Think of other ways that we can reach out in service to God and to let others know about his glory and his goodness. It says on uh, this paragraph, 154.3, in our life here, earthly and sin restricted though it is, what does it say the greatest joy and highest education are in? Service. In service, greatest joy is in service, highest mm -hmm. education. What do you think is, is meaning by that? How is the greatest joy and highest education in service? And what does service mean anyway? Well, when we're doing service for the Lord, we're usually doing it to help somebody else and taking that concentration off ourselves and, and learning to love our brothers and sisters in a time that they need us and that we may also be under, uh, understand that the Holy Spirit is leading us to reach out to them as God has reached out to us. Mm, amen. Anyone else? Why is service the highest education and greatest joy? I think because it it patterns after our, our Jesus. And, and, and we are supposed to look like Jesus when, when he returns. And so he came to serve and not to be served. Do you get anything out of service or is it strictly for the other person? Yeah, you get something out of it. You know, uh, research has shown that um, two of the um, greatest reasons that people commit suicide 
is that they feel isolated and that they feel like they are a burden. So if we feel like we are needed. There seems to be like something within us where we um, that ministers to us when we feel we are needed and wanted by other people. So, you know, yes, we get something out of helping others. It may not be a financial reward, but it, it reaffirms, you know, um, I don't want to say our goodness, but it reaffirms our lives, really, you know, the necessity of being here and the usefulness of who we are. And so people feel more alive, I guess, and, and it ministers to them when we minister to, it ministers to us when we minister to others. Okay, very good. Anyone else? Is service just for the other people that we're doing service for, or does it help us in any way? Helps us too. Believe me, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it helps you take your mind off of yourself, and, you know, not to worry about your stuff, and as you tell other people to trust God, it reminds you to trust God too. So it's a lot of benefits to helping others. And it also points out that it's also educational. When you are doing God's will and serving and helping others, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about other people. You learn how to deal with other people. When you think about it, uh, all the times that we've gone out, for example, uh, to ha hand out literature or to hand out food, and you go and you knock on somebody's door and you get a certain reaction. Well, then you learn, okay, if someone reacts in this way, then it's better for me to do this or say this than the other way. Or if you knock on doors at a certain time, then you learn, okay, maybe that many people aren't here at this time, so we'll change our time. It's a learning uh, episode. Every time you go out, you learn how to do it better. You learn how to speak to people in a different manner that will help them to want to listen to what you have to say. So we also learn, and uh, as Lakita likes to point out, you can learn a lot of talents and skills by being active in church. Many times we don't wanna be active in church and we say, well, I gotta, I gotta go to work this week and you know, I gotta save all my energy for that or whatever. But if you were active in the church in some department or doing some kind of missionary outreach or whatever, there's so many things you can do to assist in church that your skill improve. For example, you can be a professional singer, but you don't join the church choir. That's a lot of practice and education you're missing right there. Or if you want to learn to be a good public speaker, but you refuse to stand up and give a testimony in church or to lead out in a Sabbath school class or something, you're missing those skills. You're missing that opportunity to improve your skills you know, because you're not seeing the blessing in service. And another thing, too, when we go out, uh, say, for example, we, we eat dinner after church service, that's fun and that's enjoyable. But if you go out and do some missionary work and then come back and eat together, it feels like a real team now. It feels like, hey, we accomplished a lot. Now we're back here enjoying each other's company. We're part of a group. We're moving ahead. It just makes a big difference. So that as you are leading out and serving uh, God by helping others, it truly does become a great joy and an educational opportunity for each one of us. And then it also says in the next paragraph, it doesn't appear what we shall be, but we know we shall, when he appears, we'll be like him, but we'll see him as he is. So right now, when we're thinking about serving the Lord, we don't necessarily see the benefits of what we're doing not to the extent that we will when Christ returns. 
So just because you don't see a benefit, God has promised us that there is a benefit in doing his will and in serving others. So we have to see it by faith and do our part. Any other thoughts on service being a joy? Let me ask you, what uh, in terms of uh, Christian missionary outreach or Christian activities, what do you personally like to do? What do you enjoy doing? I liked it when we were going out door to door uh, when we do outreach, mm -hmm. like knocking on the doors, talking to people, inviting them, right. giving them a track. That's good. A lot of people don't like that. But some people, yeah. that's excellent. Anyone else, what do you like pers personally to do? I like um, serving in the pantry when people come get their food. We pray with them and give them literature so they always know that they are welcome. And, you know, we're also serving their needs. So hopefully that'll soften their hearts and allow the Holy Spirit, you know, the message to sink in. Man, that's always a lot of fun, serving others. Helping. I, I, I like going out, passing out tracts, because I get a chance to talk with people, and they'll say, are you Jehovah Witness? I say, no. I said, I'm, you know, I said, I'm a, I'm a Bible-keeping Christian, but I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And when they get those tracts, they sit and they talk with you a few minutes, and then when you walk away, they don't throw them away. They just keep reading. So I love passing out tracts. Man. And literally, Patsy, you are Jehovah's Witness. You're just not a member of that denomination. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? I tell you, my favorite thing has always been teaching. So I like to teach classes and stuff. My favorite thing is like passing out tracts and handing out Bibles and stuff. Handing out... Uh, gift cards, stuff like that. Amen. Okay. Let's go to the paragraph starts out, Christ will be our teacher. Christ will be our teacher. Do you think we should not learn anything in heaven? We have not the slightest idea what will then be open before us. Truth that we cannot know now because of finite limitations, we shall know hereafter so there's going to be things that god would like to tell us like he said to the disciples i have a lot to tell you but y'all can't handle it right now uh, that same thing applies to us in heaven there's many things he would like to tell us but we just cannot handle it right now but hereafter we shall grow up as calves in a stall and we'll continue to learn even throughout the ages of eternity and we can't have any idea of what God is going to be teaching us and what we'll be learning by going here and there to different planets and things. Is there any, anything that you have a question about now that you would like God to tell you the answer to? Do you have like a secret question that you always wanted him to answer? Um, when children are born with cancer and other devastating um, health issues, What what about it? No, that is it. I'd just like to know why, you know, in this world we're born to finish shaking iniquity, but they hadn't even had a chance to experience life and they have to battle 
they have to fight for their lives as soon as they get here. Mm-hmm. I've always children, you know, are born with devastating illnesses. Yeah, that'd be something interesting to find out about. Anyone else, something that you just always have had a question about in your mind that you want God to explain to you? Well, you know, what's funny to me, Lee, uh, God is I am that I am. He always was. He always is and he always will be. And I, that's just hard to fathom a being that didn't come from somewhere or didn't have a beginning. And so I just want to talk to him about the I am. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. No, a lot of people have and had I, that question. Go ahead, Patsy. I think my question too is, you know how we have a mother and father on earth? And we know that Jesus is the son of God. And so I've always questioned where his mama at. <laughs> Mary, Mary is his mama. <laughs> you know, uh, Pastor Brooks, I think it was E.E. Uh, e. Cleveland, one of them would say, in heaven, Jesus had a father, no mother. And on earth, he had a mother, no father. So that was, you know, Mary, I guess, is his mother. Yeah, that'd be an interesting question. Yeah, because he did have Mary's genetic makeup, I guess. Came from her body. Yeah. Any other questions anybody got that they just always want an answer to? Well, I have I got a gazillion. <laughs> I have a question about, you know, like other worlds where they tried and didn't fail. Or was this little planet the only planet that was tested like that? Well, that's in the spirit of prophecy. It says that all the other worlds were tested. They didn't fail, though. They all had a tree and they they chose to be obedient. So the tree was removed after a while from those planets. I had always wondered, I know the Bible says sin just arose in Lucifer's heart, but how did that happen? Where did it come from? There's a lot of questions like Paula said, a lot of questions, gazillion questions we could have, but the Lord just was saying, we're just not able to handle those answers right now because of our human limitations, but he'll let us know, as the song says, by and by. Mm-hmm. But you know, other girl, in, in, even in science class, when they used to talk about how the earth is rotating and all that, and I said, even so, I said, if I found it hard in high school to deal with science, I can't imagine when God tries to explain to me how he makes everything hang up there and, and then everything is always right on time. I said, I can't wait to be able to learn that when I get there. Yeah. And you know what, too, I think about? I think about Job and how when Job was asking God questions and then God turned around and questioned him, you know, and, and, and just there were so many things. It was just almost unfathomable. Like, and I'm just going to, I probably don't have this right, but like, you know, where is the, where is the home of the east wind and where, you know, what I'm, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where's the bed yep. of this and where's the, this or that. And so, uh, it's like, okay, God, do those actually have those places that you sent them to? Or they yeah. come from, you know? 
There's so many questions. I think uh, about in outer space, how they have the nebulas and stuff out there. And I wonder what those are for. And there's always questions about uh, what different animals purpose was. You know, like everybody wants to know, why do we have mosquitoes? <laughs> what are they for? You know, <laughs> but you know that. what, Lee? I think a lot of things came our roles after sin. Yeah. And so they made like thorns and all that kind of stuff that came after sin. Vegetables came after sin. So there was a lot that this earth and its pure state did not have. Yeah. You know, and that's why it says in the next paragraph, heavenly knowledge will be progressive. So all the treasures of the universe will be open to the study of God's redeemed, but it's not going to be all at once. Like, boom, here, you mm -hmm. know, have a class where the instructor just gave you this big textbook. And you had to read 10 at once. <laughs> yes, Amen. Like yes, like Lord. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Like no way. Well, we you only mean. have, we only have forever to learn it all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's going right. to be progressive. So. Not all at once. And again, like Alvin is just saying, we got time. Nothing but time. Right. Yeah. It says, unfettered by mortality, they wing their tireless flight to worlds afar, worlds that thrill with sorrow at the spectacle of human woe and rang with songs of gladness at tidings of a ransomed soul. So those other worlds that didn't sin, looking at us with sorrow about what we're going through, but are very happy when someone gives their life to Christ. Uh, that's something that we really ever think about, you know, that other worlds are looking at us and that they feel sorrow and happiness at our plight. And it's kind of sad that even humans, sometimes we don't have any sorrow for other people's plight. I wonder how they're looking at us though. Or, you know, like how, how, how are they, how are they seeing us? How are they seeing what we're, what's no going on? Yeah. You know, what what, um, this guy, he was doing a devotion and we were in his devotion and he gave me a picture of, um, you know, what God is like, like when you have a new baby and the baby is a toddler, you know, just trying to walk like 12 months or so. And then the baby gets up to walk and he falls and you don't say, you're just stupid. You just can't walk. You say to the child, get up, come on, let's try it again. Keep going, keep going. I imagine it. That's probably that too they have. Okay, you know, just, you know, if you can only see there's an angel right next to you, that type of, you know, you're like you're watching a movie and you're like, don't go in there, don't go in there. <laughs> I can, I would imagine that they kind of have that type of concern for us and, and that care that, you know, don't, don't do, don't do, oh, she did it, but that's okay, that's okay, let's try it again, you know, that kind of thing. That's what I'd like to say. That's sweet, Lakita. I think they look at us like a reality show, like Real Housewives or something. <laughs> <laughs> because we are hot mess. I mean, what we do is sin to continually sin and live in iniquity is insanity. So see, I was crazy on a horror show for them. But see, they see the curtain. The curtain is between us and the unseen world is thick, but between them, they see the unseen world and they see the beginning from the end, they see how Satan is saying this, and they probably have had the experience of that temptation to follow Christ. So they know how strong it is, maybe. I'm not for sure. But, you know, so that they are like, you know, oh, don't do it, don't do it, because we don't know everything. They know we don't know everything. 
And so, you know, it's just kind of like you with your teenager. You're like, man, don't hang up with that boy. He's got a gun. He's carrying a gun. He's selling drugs. You know, from you, you've seen this story a hundred times play out in the news. Don't, don't do that. But yet your children, you know, they go, okay, now I got to pick you up from the, from the um, police. Now, what we want to say is now you're just going to stay in jail, but you absolutely know they probably run to more mess there. So it's best for them to come on home or there well. or, you know, so, but they know all of it. It's just like you as a parent, you know, but you still love your kids and you still root for them. So if you have to do some hard stuff, like, well, sweetheart, you just got to stay in there right now because I don't have any money. So, you know, you still rooting for your child. You still accept that phone call. You still try to talk to them and tell them about the Lord. You still pray. I would like to think it's like that. And I think, too, they could be looking, saying, you know, we love them, but they don't get themselves together. They ain't coming up here. <laughs> they ain't going to live on my planet. <laughs> uh, well, it says in this paragraph, with unutterable delight, the children of earth enter into the joy and wisdom of unfallen beings. So these unfallen beings have joy and wisdom. And then it says they share the treasures of knowledge and understanding gained through ages upon ages in contemplation of God's handiwork. And with undimmed vision, I guess that's how they can see us, with undimmed vision, they gaze upon the glory of creation, sun, star systems, uh, all in their appointed order, circling the throne of deity. So um, have you ever read that um, vision about Sister White at the, at the table, the banquet table? And it's like miles long, but you can see all the way to the other end. Mm -hmm. Undimmed vision. So... I don't know how they do it, but yeah, I just think that those I, I think those um, other worlds are have Christ's character. I really believe they they like they're not like us. They're like Christ. Yeah, they haven't seen. That's why. That's why you know it's so funny to me watching TV and how we come up with all this sci sci-fi stuff that everything out there is is evil and it's coming against us, the good people, the good ones. <laughs> And it's really just the opposite. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Again, it talks about knowledge being progressive. We're not going to just get bombarded with everything at once. We're on paragraph 155.3, where it starts out in the years of eternity as they roll, will bring richer, still more glorious revelation of God and of Christ. As knowledge is progressive, what else will be progressive? Love, reverence, and happiness increase. Love, reverence, and happiness also will grow and increase. The more men learn of God, the greater will be our admiration of his character. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. We're going to learn more, how to love more, how to reverence God more. Happiness will increase. So it's not just going to be stagnant and stable. It's going to be ever-growing, ever growing in grace and knowledge of God. I got a question for you, Elder Carroll. Mm -hmm. My question is, and, and I know what you're saying, you're saying it's, it, we're going to be able to progress in those areas, but if we're not working in those areas on earth, we can't expect to even make it there to progress in them if we're not practicing them here on earth to, you know, to, to, to love our neighbors and, you know, to make sure that, you know, 
to the best of our abilities with the help of the Holy Spirit to make sure that they're happy and they're taken care of. And I think in terms of our elderly people. Hmm. Have mercy. Well, that's true. And remember, we read a, a few paragraphs back that um, it's going to be like a continuation. Your growth in grace from heaven, to, from earth to heaven is connected. So as you are learning and growing in grace here on earth, it's linked to your growth in grace in heaven. And it is true. If we're not growing in grace here, we're not going to have to worry about growing in grace in heaven. Now is our appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. So as we hear God calling us, let's not harden our hearts. Yeah, it reminds me of that question earlier about, you know, how um, we are, um, I'm going to say, continuing growth into heaven. And that's how I kind of see it. You're going to be going in the direction. You have to be going in this direction anyway. You know, you're not, ain't nobody going to tap you on the shoulder from stabbing people and cussing people out and saying, wait a minute, you know, it's, it's time to go to heaven. That's not going to happen. You have to be heading towards heaven um, in order to finish this course. Right. I was thinking this week about how people, um, and I'm just going to say it like this, that people fall and then they continue to fall and they don't repent, but they, they think they've gotten away with something because there's no immediate consequences to the sins they're committing. And so they just keep on going, and under, but they're under a delusion that they're going to be saved because of the works that they do for the Lord on the other end or something like that. Mm. And you know, Sister Karen, that philosophy, once saved, always saved, is starting to get so popular. And I, and I had to tell, you know, in a nice way, I did it in a loving manner. A sister, I told her, show me book, chapter, and verse that says, once saved, always saved. But she's convinced if my pastor said it, it's right. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people uh, fall for that if my pastor said it thing. But, of course, God tells us to study for ourselves, right? Right. Can't just believe other people might have good intentions and just be wrong. Yeah, then, well... That's after we get to heaven. <laughs> it's not here on earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many times have you heard a sermon about the plan of redemption? Probably a million times, right? Uh, different mm -hmm. pastors, different uh, directions they take with it. And there are people who call themselves experts on teaching and educating about the plan of redemption. There's millions of books written by, about the plan of redemption. But it says in this paragraph, the plan of redemption will continually unfold. And then a little bit down in the paragraph, 156.2, says the plan of redemption will not be fully understood even when the ransom see as they are seen and know as they are known. So even when we get to heaven, we're still not going to fully understand the entire plan of redemption. It says again, but through eternal ages, new truth will continually unfold to the wondering and delighted mind. Isn't that awesome? That is just really, really awesome, you know? What, what do you mean? I mean that, you know, um, when you are in your studying with God, I mean, you're reading the Bible, and then you run across a verse, you've known this verse, you've read this verse, you know, for many years maybe, and then you discover a new meaning to the verse. 
you know, it's a real true meaning. It's just so, you know, kind of exciting that the Lord revealed it to you. And, and you now you have another, a new awareness of wisdom and of understanding of God's word. That's really, really exciting and wonderful. And that's what it's saying here. You know, we don't understand. We just, all we know is that Jesus died on the cross from us. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about, picture a roach, you know, a roach in a jar. And this roach, you know, in order to get him out the jar, you know, that is suffocating him and killing him and causing him all kinds of problems. You have to die. You have to go and die. You have to go amongst all the other roaches and let them beat you, put their antennas on you. And, you know, I'll do all the things that roaches do to people <laughs> <laughs> and annoy you, get in your ears, whatever. But you have to die for this roach. And I thought about that's how Jesus was. I mean, like for all intents and purposes, we're just, you know, like little roaches. And he decided to die for us. So that's, you know, kind of like amazing all by itself. Because I'm, me personally, I'm just not going to think about dying for a roach. But God did, you know. And that's just one level of it. And that's the really the only one we understand. And according to her, it's so much more. That's really exciting to 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 you know that my mind can expand to even grasp even more than that and that's yeah. like amazing in itself that we're going to take these brains these these little brains to heaven with us well uh, one thing that it reminds us too is that none of us have all the answers we mm -hmm. just don't our brains can't comprehend the plan of salvation to the full extent that god will explain it to us later so when you hear a person speak or you read a book, don't think that's the end of it. Mm -mm. Just know this person added a little bit of something to your knowledge. This person might have added something to your knowledge, but nobody has all the answers but God. So many times people, they just want to tell you, this is what this means. This is how it is. And that's the end of it. No, it's not the end of it because you're human and you don't fully understand it. You think you do, but there are things that are involved in the plan of redemption that none of us have a clue about. Yeah. And it says the cross of Christ will be the science and song of the redeemed through all eternity. We're continually going to be learning more and more about the plan of salvation. And the fact that, as it says in paragraph 157.2, would be uh, the maker of all worlds, the arbiter of all destinies should lay aside his glory and humiliate himself from love to man will ever or will always excite the wonder and adoration of the universe. Uh, the fact that Jesus did that, like Lakita's analogy about the roach, gave his life for us. We just roaches saved by grace. That he would do that for us. That's just going to boggle our minds forever. And even more so as he explains more about it and breaks down exactly what was going on and why. It's just so amazing. Yeah, I think about uh, like John the Baptist, I mean, John the Revelator, you know, how he was on Patmos and all of that stuff was revealed to him, right? It was like amazing. It was at the end of his life and God opened up all of that or like Moses, you know, standing up on that mountain, getting ready to die and God opens up heaven to him to show him, you know, what heaven was like. It's like amazing. You can't, it's I just think it's awesome. I like to learn stuff. I like to know new stuff. 
And you know, Elder Carol and everybody, that's why I like taking notes. I said, I might hear a sermon and take notes, off, you know, from one pastor. And then if I hear that sermon again, I always find something new and exciting about that same message that I didn't quite comprehend maybe the first time I heard it or it ran through my ears and my brain wasn't concentrating. But I said it's always wonderful when, I, you know, when I hear different preachers and they, they use the same passages, it's always something new and exciting that I learn. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's called growing in grace. All of us should be paying attention and learning something new as God's spirit leads us. If you think about it, uh, how many times have we heard a sermon about John 3.16? And yet there are constantly new uh, sermons being made about it. There's constantly something new that the Lord brings to your attention out of it. There's constantly something that you learn, something that you modify what you thought you knew about it. Uh, God's word is just infinite. In fact, on this paragraph where it says eternity cannot fully reveal God's love. As long as we are in heaven, eternity cannot fully reveal God's love, says the infinite, infinite, exhaustless love of God. Tongue cannot utter it. Pen cannot portray it. You may meditate upon it every day of your life. You may search the scriptures diligently in order to understand it. You may summon every power and capability that God has given you in the endeavor to comprehend the love and compassion of the heavenly father. And then what does that last sentence say? Yes, yes there, is. there is an infinity beyond that. We'll never finish learning more about the love of God. Now that is something worthy of uh, eternity to continue to study the love of God throughout eternity. Any other? Amen. Yeah. Let's see. Now, as we uh, already said, Eternity can never be fully revealed, but as we study the Bible and meditate on the life of Christ and the plan of redemption, these great things will open to our understanding more and more. So as we meditate, as we study the word, then the Lord opens our mind more and more to it. Uh, I think, Karen, you uh, were fond of saying that God doesn't give you more light until you uh, work with what he's already given you or something like that. I think. Right. Right. So it's the same with studying the Bible, meditating upon the word of God. As we do that, the Holy Spirit opens our minds to more and more truth. And so sometimes we think uh, when we first come to the Lord, well, man, I can't even get through the first chapter of the Bible. Or I can't get past the begats and, you know, I can't get past Leviticus or whatever. But as you continue to study and pray and meditate, God opens your mind up so that later on in your Christian life, you're able to explain the begats to somebody else. You're able to explain Leviticus to somebody else. It's all, again, about growing in grace. As God opens our understanding, he gives us a desire to learn even more and more about him. I really am very happy when people want to attend our classes, uh, Bible study classes, Bible book study classes, discussion classes, prayer meetings, uh, seminars, workshops, panels, anything that helps open our minds up to more of God's truth in his word. So we need to all take advantage of these opportunities. Uh, it's been mentioned several times that there are like four or five prayer meetings going on. There's different panels going on. There's other churches online. 
And we need to take advantage of the opportunity to study and meditate on God's word, because as we do it, he's going to allow his spirit to open our minds up to more and more spiritual understanding. And we know that spiritual things are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Right. Uh, that about winds up this chapter. Uh, next, next time we meet on this will be in chapter 17. And the title of that chapter is It Will Not Be Long. Can you get an amen on that? Amen. <laughs> amen. It will not be long before we know it. Christ will be coming in power and clouds of power and glory. And as Karen has said, we'll be the ones that say, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. So we appreciate everyone's participation. Remember, next time we meet, not next week, but the week after chapter 17, we'll start out. Uh, Karen, what chapter will be we be on next week? In we will be on uh, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 87, Recreation for Christians. Christians can have recreation? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we'll find out, huh? We'll mm -hmm. find out. Mm -hmm. Okay. At this time, we'll uh, close out with a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Loving Father, we thank you so much for blessing us with that desire to learn more of you, Lord. We thank you so much for sharing your truth with us, opening our minds to understand just a little bit that our finite minds can handle. And help us, dear Lord, to continue to strive for uh, more and more knowledge of you and of the plan of salvation and to understand the love that you have for us who deserved only death. But through your love and mercy, we have opportunity for eternal life in heaven with you. Bless all those who are in attendance, those who would like to be in attendance, we pray continually for your Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. In the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. 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 Sister Karen, did you say chapter 85 next week? No, no, no. Chapter 87 next week. 87. Okay. 